the world a lot of times uh, looks like a big fucking trash fire. There's a lot of awful shit going on out there, and what this isn't world the. Are you living? In? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that's Grant. Okay, he sees I'll, the go ahead and let's go with the, I'll go with your premise. That's 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 entertaining. Grant sees the lighter side of genocide. That's uh. Yeah, <laughs> I just need to know. I just need to know. Did your world's going to shit have a comma and a butt, or am I clicking the last of this bingo that says <laughs> end it all? Uh, well, you, I, there's a light. There is a silver lining. That's my the point I want to bring up here. Um, humans just seem pretty fucking awful. And uh, but I saw a picture, and it made me think that there might be some hope. I saw it was some little picture of a monkey, and he was like gonna get a banana, you know. And I was thinking about it, like. Chimps, chimps are fucking cannibals. They they will pull, they'll gouge out eyes and pull off testicles and eat other chimps. But we think of them, we put them in little outfits and give them a banana as like the thing that they want to get. He wants mm-hmm. to get a banana. And when the aliens take over, uh, they'll probably just put us in little outfits and like make us, oh, he's got to get a hamburger. He's going to get a hamburger and not remember us <laughs> for the horrible things that we did. That's what I think. That's my silver lining take on the dumpster fire of the world. Your hope is our eventual enslavement in an alien zoo is like, hey, they're gonna they're gonna show us uh, they're gonna show us like digital porn and th- and throw us like uh, little debbies and shoot like, at us and, and make us act in terrible sitcoms, but commercials for all kinds of stuff for alien tobaccos. But but we will one will probably get to savor the rich tobacco taste. But also, I don't have any hope for us turning it around. I just think, like, whatever is essentially on our cosmic gravestone will be a hamburger instead of, like, us uh, stabbing each other in the back and burning ourselves to death. That's what I think. Right. No one goes, draw a chimpanzee and how they enslave each other. Uh, you, draw a, you draw a monkey with a banana. That's how I've you know. I've never once dr- driven, driven? I can't even, I a, there's no hope for me. Anyway, I've never once drawn a monkey pulling off another monkey's testicles. I have many times added a banana. So. I, for one, welcome our hamburger-rich alien overlords <laughs> and look forward to hamburger feeding time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and eventually we'll star in their movies where they can't believe that a human is actually winning whatever their alien sports <laughs> leagues are. Hey, Grant. Hey, no rules about us playing. Ain't no rule says, says a human can't play Zorkball. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back, dear listeners. We're glad to have you with us. It's time to kick off another episode. This, of course, is the podcast where we set out to clear O.J. Simpson's good name and search for the real killers. <laughs> Wait, I have the wrong notes here. Uh, <laughs> Matt, that's the Tuesday show. That's Tuesday, the Tuesday oh, show. We're doing the Monday show right got now. It, Monday it, show. It, the Monday. Okay. Okay. Welcome back to the Free Legal Advice Podcast. Uh, About a month ago or so, we talked about old medicine and old remedies and all the sorts of crazy shit people did back in the day. Well, you guys, Little Captain Travis, you, the audience, you guys fucking loved it. Just just the the re- response out there on the socials and the emails it was it was it was 
The inbox was, was overflowing. It was frankly too much, Matt. I hope you don't do it again. Matt, why can't I see it on the charts? It, it was off the charts. Oh, Corey, shit. I'm, that's a I'm great question. The, wrong off area. the charts. <laughs> the inbox they do say was you can flooded. succeed too we much. Had to, they do we say had that. to rip out the carpet in, in the inbox, <laughs> and we got fans in there. <laughs> You lose three foot of drywall all around your inbox. Ah, God. It's going to look so bad. You're gonna be able to, uh, there's no way you can do that smoothly enough. It's, you're just always going to see that line. It's just, there's a seam. There's going to be a seam. But, guys, I hate to say it. We're going back. We're going oh, back God to the damn topic. It. Son of a bitch. <laughs> look. <laughs> I can't do this again, Matt. Or like a rich guy with a powerful thirst for radioactive medicine. We're going back for more. Going back for more. <laughs> Matt, mm-hmm. Matt, could you at least wait until we move the arcade uh, cabinet out of there before? <laughs> yeah, come on. I can, the Galaga <laughs> game's got my high score on it, Matt. Come on. I hope you have it up on a milk crate or some cinder blocks. <laughs> I've got paint cans, so it's as good as I can do. Because look, guys, the Hippocratic Oath impels us that we treat our patients, uh, which is you, the little Captain Travis, the audience, to the best of our ability. And, you know, this is like a follow-up, right? A, a month ago, we gave him the prescription and the, the, the remedy and the treatment and all that. This is, let's come back for a checkup. Little Cabin Travis, how is your scrofula? <laughs> 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 let's, let's get the miasmas out of here. Let's get rid of that ague. That dern, that dern ague has just been... Got to touch it. Touch of the goo. Uh, so, so we're going back to the well. A mercury-filled uh, yes, radioactive a mercury well. <laughs> a well full of radioactive yeah. mercury. Irradiated. Matt, somehow we're drawn back to the cure of cocaine, cannabis, a little bit of poison, a little bit of mercury. Mm-hmm. 28% alcohol. All of the above. It's really, it was really an all of the above approach. Uh, all, that's, it was so easy to become a doctor because taking the MCATs back in the day was just, oh, what do you do for this? All of the above. D. All D. of the above. D. D. <laughs> D is for doctor. I believe Eli Whitney invented the Scantron machine. Scantron gin. The Scantron gin. There you go. Gintron. <laughs> there you go. That's the. That's a. Uh, I think that's it's like a, a drunk British robot. robot on the Conan show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I will be taking some of these stories from the book Quackery: A Brief History of the Worst Ways to Cure Everything by friend of the pod Lydia Kang. But some of these are just stories that I have stumbled upon that are kind of related to medicinal things that I've been sitting on for a while. As whether they're going to be cold opens or whatnot, but. Let's like I said, let's go back to that. While, like a radioactive yeah. rod of <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's been on it for a while. Like, cause it takes a while to. Yeah. Does it take a while to work itself in? Is it's, that why you've been sitting on it? It's best to go slowly, is what I've heard. <laughs> which is why I've been sitting on for so long. Yeah. Well, let's start with booze. I had one. I have a good booze as a remedy story. So this book um, did have a whole alcohol chapter, which uh, didn't uh, really take too much from. But I, I've had this story. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I just before you have the, the real answer, Matt or, or sorry, Corey Grant, anything that you think like uh, what what is alcohol used for as a medicine? No, all, when I heard alcohol chapter, I was like, ooh, cause and cure. Cause and cure for all of society. Yeah. Like, disease and, and cure. 
I don't I mean replacement for your blood? I don't know. <laughs> well, I've been working on that. But I think that it's it's for when you're about to have an amputation or you got a bullet wound and you're in the old west of the Civil War. Yeah. You they just they give you that bottle with no label on it and it's like ruby colored fluid. You chug a bunch mm-hmm. of that and then bam, you bite a leather strap. They had gin in those like uh coolers that we would get like, you know, McDonald's orange drink in for soccer. At like the front of like like the entrance to a mine for children, uh, it's like <laughs> Paper get, cup get a pint of, beer, of gin in you, and then down in the yeah. hole to get me the yeah get me those rocks yeah, yeah so uh, I don't think they were waiting until you needed pain to give you alcohol. It's true. Although and and Ben, you mentioned the technology, uh, the cutting edge technology of the leather strap, which was also uh, I also would have accepted wooden stick. Oh, wooden stick! Uh, bite down wooden with. stick. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let they bring you the belt. You're about. You're, I mean, you're in agony with like they're gonna saw your leg off with a literal, just a plain old handsaw. Uh, and they bring you a belt. You're like, hey, sorry, have you got a wooden stick? <laughs> <laughs> really more of a stick guy. When the dentist is like, would you like mint or cinnamon? The you know, queen like, mother over here <laughs> wants a wooden stick to bite down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what of old horse skin's not good enough for you, huh, princess? Mm. So yeah, there were crazy, particularly with gin actually, and in the Netherlands. But there were all sorts of like um, ye old remedies of like, and and always involving children. Like when when ye children are crying, give them the juniper, the juice of the juniper berry, or blah blah blah. But the, a more modern one that is quote unquote medicinal. This is a, a, a little factoid that I love. Um, during Prohibition, so the the U.S. Prohibition, uh, alcohol is illegal. Winston Churchill, friend of the pod, got a prescription to drink alcohol when visiting the United States. And I'm looking at the actual prescription. It says, "This is to certify." Uh, should I do that in a British accent? Probably. This is to certify that the post-accident convalescence of the Honorable Winston S. Churchill necessitates the use of alcoholic spirits especially at mealtimes. <laughs> the quantity is naturally indefinite, but the minimum requirement would be 250 cubic centimeters. <laughs> oh, he's got a minimum. He has to drink. He has a one-drink minimum. Like, <laughs> That's part of his uh, visa or whatever. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's having a meal, and it's like, uh, anything to drink? No, I'm good. Uh, uh, sir, I'm sorry. We have a one-alcoholic drink minimum, but... I had never thought about getting around prohibition with a prescription for alcohol. It's How do you think great. people smoked marijuana, Matt? <laughs> I mean, that's what... right. But like, what other crimes can I do that for? Like, a doctor says I need to rob banks. <laughs> <laughs> he says it's really there's no the better way for me to kill says, that guy. <laughs> yeah, well, once a month, minimum two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, take with meal as needed. So mm-hmm. getting a little peckish. You guys don't want to get sick, do you? Doctor says I need to commit treason at least twice a month. <laughs> it does put this like doc- doctor somehow supersedes law, you know, yes. like well, doctor said. <laughs> like, doctor said. <laughs> Doctor's orders Str- the are they're stronger like, than the orders of the U.S. I mean, Constitution. The doctor, the doctor said, "What are we gonna do?" It took two thirds of the states to ratify a change of the Constitution, <laughs> but some doctor somewhere who is probably in between mercury prescriptions, mm-hmm. says, yeah, yeah, he needs, uh, he needs alcohol. Get around the law. <laughs> He's wearing a white coat. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> His coat is so bright. <laughs> God, can you imagine if there was a doctor priest that could prescribe a hole in a sheet? It would be unstoppable. 
Because right now, the only thing stopping the hole in the sheet is the law. The law against the hole in the sheet. Oh, damn it. If only we had a way around that law. So we could then get the hole in the sheet. My convalescence requires a hole in the sheet at meals. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) We'll talk minimums later. Anyways. A minimum of one hole in the sheet, Corey. I think there's got to be at least one hole. Minimum minimum one hole. <laughs> so I want to tell this story. This is literally, actually, this this anecdote, the story that got me down this whole path to begin with. Uh, not from that book. I had just found this on the internet. Turn the Wayback Machine to the year. The year was 1628. Uh, loaf of bread <laughs> cost. FDR was in the White House. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It costs three farthings. Is a, no, wait, is a farthing? A shilling? It's a coin. Farthing's Pence. coin. Okay, okay. A loaf of bread costs three farthings. Uh, so 1628, the story of Anne Green. She was born in Steeple Barton, Oxfordshire, which I, every time I'm on Wikipedia and, and I'm, I look up any municipality in, in the United Kingdom... God damn it, what a confusing... It's like, there's always like three or four series of names that's in this parish and this like county, but it's part of this zone. And I, I, well, there's the ceremonial counties, but then there's like the traditional counties. and like, The whole the, island sucks. T- Official position of flat. Matt, where, where, where was it, Matt? Where was she born? Steeple Barton, Oxfordshire. Or Is Oxfordshire. that sure. north of Market Snodsbury? <laughs> <laughs> Market yes. upon well, you know Snodsbury. Snodsbury, Snodsbury upon Snodsbury. Dooleyburg. Exactly. It has to be in a pond. Yeah. No, that's a looky-likey city. No, of, no, uh, no. Don't no, push no, it. No, don't push your luck. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Thank <laughs> uh, Anne Green, in her early adulthood, she worked as a scullery maid in the house of Sir Thomas Reed. Oh, she gave a head. A scullery maid... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a fancy That's way to that say meant. that. It says she was, uh, I did have to click on scullery maid, which it said is like the lowest of the low entry level maid. And yeah, they probably did. So yeah, probably had, to give up, a, right? probably had to give a lot of head. Yeah. They were, only, but they were, yeah. they were just blowing well, the other dirty maids. I mean, they didn't, uh, if, you got to work your way up to uh, blow a gentleman there. This is just uh, from the butler <laughs> at best. Yeah. Well, perhaps some of that was going on because Anne becomes pregnant. In her mouth? She's actually she's butt pregnant, Ben, or, be- or belly pregnant, I guess, as it were. Um, she claimed she was aware, unaware of it uh, until she miscarried in the privy 17 weeks into the pregnancy. Mm. And she tried to conceal the remains weeks. of the fetus, but was discovered doing so, and therefore she was in, uh, suspected of infanticide. So <laughs> her story is like, I miscarried in the privy, and I was scared, and I'm trying to hide it. But someone sees her trying to hide it and says, uh, you killed a baby. Thomas prosecutes her under the, quote, Concealment of Birth of Bastards Act of 1623. <laughs> 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 and we got a bastard there. over here. It's, it's still, Don't want to conceal it. You got to announce it. Grant, it might still be on the books. It was definitely used for centuries. And if you, when you, there is a like Wikipedia page of like by country and by the history of like concealing bastard birth laws in every country, 
including the U.S. It's pretty insane. She was discovered. Uh, according to the concealment and, and she of... Was, she was unaware and she was discovered, which means that she was the kind of person who would just leave the turd in the toilet to prank her coworkers. <laughs> She's like, oh, uh, hey, uh, uh, Anne, why don't you go in and take a look? Uh, I think I left... I saw something interesting, some interesting graffiti in the bathroom. And she's waiting. She's like, oh, my God. And she's like, I know, right? It was beef beef stew night last night. And I laid a log. <laughs> I think I'm moving into woodsman instead of scullery maid, if you know what I mean. And then it's like uh, they go in there and it's like, oh, fuck, a baby. She's like, no, there's a fucking kid in there. Yeah. What? <laughs> the neighbor boy we chased him out last week. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So... Under the Concealment of Birth of Bastards Act of 1623, there is um, this is legal advice. A legal after presumption all. that a woman who concealed the death of her illegitimate child had murdered the child. That's just like you know, the presumption is nine tenths of the law. Like if you're hiding it, through couldn't sin. have been good. So, a midwife who examined or who was there to see the gruesome after effects. Uh, testified that the fetus was too underdeveloped to have ever been alive. Therefore, you know, her testimony is that it was a miscarriage. So she was hung as a witch. Servant- mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's, we're getting there. Oh, Several fuck. servants who worked with Green uh, testified that she had experienced, quote, issues for approximately one month before the event. Uh, uh, and basically, she had been laboring, turning malt, uh, vigorously and was having like very severe stomach pain. So basically, now it sounds like well that could have caused the miscarriage. But at the same time, guys, you gotta you gotta turn the malt. So <laughs> well, a quick note about turning turned. malt. A quick note about turning malt. Um, so you sprout the grain and then you heat it, but you have to like you want it to all dry evenly so you don't uh get it moldy. But there's a whole bunch of fucking grain. So think of like you know a foot deep of grain and you're just constantly raking it oh, over. Shit. It gives you a deformity known as monkey shoulder. Uh, so yes, you can get a deformity from constantly fucking like raking for hours and hours and hours. Right. So there, so, oh, so she was like, I'm a little uncomfortable. It's like, nope, back in the, yeah, yeah, anyway. So it's like this shoveling was no small snow that she or was doing. sand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shoveling snow, uh, deep snow constantly all my pregnant. Turn them all. Yeah. I need my whiskey. Okay. In spite of the testimony uh, f- towards the miscarriage, Green was found guilty of murder and was hanged at Oxford Castle on 14 December 1650. So, Dang. what follows leads me to believe that hanging technology perhaps had a ways to go in the hmm. mid 1600s uh, to catch up with our state of the art noosing oh, technology yeah. that we have today. Matt, yeah. Am I going to guess that some herbs heal her from hanging? You've read this one, Corey. No. Okay, so <laughs> she's she is hanged again for the, the crime of murder at her own. This is. And I, th- the way I'm reading this, it sounds like she might be up there when she makes this request, but the story says, quote, at her own request, several of her friends pulled her swinging body and a soldier struck her four or five times with the butt of his musket to expedite her death. <laughs> no, 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 After no, 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 hour, no, 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 Shoot me with the fucking musket. I don't want to be a pinata. Her friends are pulling her up and down and a soldier's I beating her. You. It's a fucking pinata. It's human pinata. She requested that? Hey, guys. No, she should hey die. Guys, She's too ben, dumb. 
He missed her the first time, and it would take him like five <laughs> minutes to reload. So this is surely quicker. Okay. All right. I just want you guys to know that if I'm ever choking to death to leave me alone instead of attack me, yeah. I have other things to think about. <laughs> yeah. All right. Just spank me while I suffocate. I got a thing. After a half hour of this, everyone believed her dead, so she was cut down and given to University Oxford physicians William Petty and Thomas Willis for dissection. Mm-hmm. The physicians opened Green's coffin the following day and discovered she had a faint pulse and was weakly breathing. The group of physicians tried many remedies to revive Green, including pouring a hot cordial down her throat. <laughs> hey, try and get her drunk. <laughs> What the fuck? Jesus Christ. <laughs> she looks like she could use a drink. Wait, she had a rough morning, one. huh? The hot one to an unconscious person. <laughs> My God. This isn't a corpse. This is a human. Quick, get some alcohol in it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they try rubbing her limbs and extremities. They try bloodletting, of course. They apply a poultice to her breast. Oh, you're going to want a poultice at this and point. You're going to want to pull this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll hold it there. You take... <laughs> you pour alcohol in her. You take her blood out. I'll hold her tits. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> doctor? 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 <laughs> and finally, to keep the party going, they administer a tobacco smoke enema. Yeah. Nice. Shotgun, little buddy. Yeah. Hear me out. The physicians then place her in a warm bed with another woman who rubbed her and kept her warm. This thing is just getting like, these physicians are having themselves yeah. a day. They are having themselves a day. I saw a video of this at the Freaknik. Matt, what was this poor woman's name? Anne Green. Yeah. Imagine like being in that bed and then like some stranger's going, like, what kind of day did you have, Anne? <laughs> well, they hung me, and then they rifle butt beat me, and then I got some smoke up my ass, literally blown. Uh, missing they, a lot they got of me blood. drunk, put me in bed with another woman. <laughs> missing a lot of blood, but uh, I'm, in, I'm in a bed, and I don't know who you are, so. Is that other woman just in that bed, just reading magazines till they need her? Oh, oh, sets the magazine down, all right, and rub, 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 rub. Yep. <laughs> Showtime. This is, like Showtime. A, this is like a bird in the Flintstones house. <laughs> so... She actually <laughs> begins to recover uh, within 12 to 14 hours of treatment. She was, quote unquote, treatment. Uh, she's able to start speaking. <laughs> for um, four, within four days, she's eating solid foods. Man, she's late for work. Think of the doctor. The mom's going bad. Within one month, she had fully reco- recovered. Quote, aside from the amnesia around the time surrounding her execution. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. A little, I remember going up to the scaffold. Yeah. Hmm. And I remember waking up. There was a time in the. Did the governor call? Did you guys, did anything happen to me? (laughs) No, no, everything was normal. No, just hung. You you hung and died. And yeah. Matt, it is a 50 50 whether or not she actually remembered and said she had amnesia Hmm. or or had amnesia. Hey, what happened? happened? I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember. I told you. What the fuck happened to your neck? And are those rifle butt marks on you? What? I don't remember. Did she have any questions? Like, so, okay, I mean, I know the, you know, the execution part. 
So someone put me in a coffin and then the next day someone opened up the why did they open the coffin back up? What was that guy about? <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I was uh checking to see if you were safe. Checking to see if you were safe, yes. <laughs> I got my face yeah. really close to yours and I detected a faint pulse. <laughs> like, <"Wah."> yeah. <laughs> well, it was a silent night in the graveyard, and we heard digging and creeping, and then we heard a guy go, aww. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, the doctors from back then were clearly ghouls because they're just, like, they <laughs> right. had to, like, steal corpses just to, like, see, like, what's going on inside humans. Yeah. But, like, clearly it's their thing where it has to be in a coffin. She was not even buried yet. She wasn't even buried. But they had yeah. they put her in a coffin so that then they could open the coffin. Clearly, <laughs> yeah. okay. her being right. in a coffin that's and right. them opening it, that, that's part of it. I can't get hard if I don't have to pry nails out. Got it. <laughs> well, you know, we have a happy ending. The, uh, while Tom, Sir Thomas Reed then wanted to try to, uh, you know, take her back to the executioners, the authorities actually granted her a reprieve from execution, uh, ultimately pardoning her, believing that the hand of God must have saved her therefore demonstrating her innocence. And they all lived happily ever after. I love the guy who's like, wait, wait, you're not dead. Get back in jail. <laughs> well, that led me to uh, really the, 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 the thing, out of all that, surprisingly, the thing that stood out to me was the tobacco smoke enema. So there actually was a, <clears throat> in the book Quackery, there is a whole chapter uh, on tobacco. Well, a lot of it spent on the time or on the topic of tobacco smoke enemas. Um, you can imagine the medicinal chapter on tobacco has a lot of, you know, the crazy, uh, more doctors smoke camels than any other cigarette. And there's tobacco toothpaste, which is still in use in parts of South Asia. There's this, uh, there's a picture of a bottle of, um, Ipco, I think it's called, uh, tobacco toothpaste, but, <clears throat> The the real subject du jour is the um, tobacco smoke enema, which is where, the you know, if you think about the phrase blowing smoke up your ass, this is literally prescribed by a doctor at the time. Um, it is so hard to try to hide a fart in a crowded room after you get a tobacco enema. <laughs> Little puff of cloud. Of, <laughs> wasn't me. That was him. That's you. Wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> smoking or non-smoking? Um <laughs> That's a that's a tracer round for a fart. Uh yep. So the this practice was embraced by the British medical community in the late uh, 18th century, particularly for the resuscitation of the drowned. So it was basically like a it was the CPR of its day. Someone's drowning. Mm-hmm. Uh, or or unconscious, you know, get that <laughs> see, that tobacco smoke enema kit out. So this 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 drowning. This is like the WD forty. Like, how do we get water out of it? Let's. How about smoke? So you just pull their trunks off and put your lips on their butthole and blow. That's like, I mean, the instinct to like. It's basically <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, but then it's like not but on I'm their not, mouth. But I'm not gonna stop my pipe. I'm You're so close. You just. I'll try and I'll try and I'll try and blow it out, but I am gonna smoke my pipe the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> it woke one person up as they were like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and then afterwards, they're like, "Got this technique. You're not gonna believe it, but it works." I can't drown if this is going on. What the fuck? 
<laughs> I, sorry, yeah, I can't die like this. This just gets weirder and weirder. So drowning in the River Thames was such a common occurrence that a society was formed to prevent it, which is basically kind of like a, I guess I think of it as like a volunteer lifeguard brigade. Um, the group was called, quote, the Institution for Affording Immediate Relief to Persons Apparently Dead from Drowning. Thank you. And of course. Great name. <laughs> Rolls off the tongue. Tip my top hat to you, sir. Yep. <laughs> uh, so they patrolled the river with their tobacco smoke enema kits, and should some unlucky soul fall in, they would leap to the rescue, hauling the body to the shore, taking off their clothes, rolling them over, Sticking an enema tube up their ass and striking up the fumigator and the bellows. I was swimming. I was swimming. I was swimming. (laughs) (laughs) I see one with the tube like in his mouth, like he's trying to thread a needle. You know, like. The, the book does say the bellows were a welcome addition to the enema kit. Uh, previously, the tech, before, before that technology was available, that was, uh, yeah. you know, hand blow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. From my mouth to your... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no. the, the thought was that the smoke would, one, warm the victims, and two, stimulate respiration. Of course, it does neither, but this is where I think this is just fucking creepy because... Uh, it you says think. the fact that it got people up close and personal with strangers' bottoms in a time when ankles were risque might have something to do with the society's popularity. So it's like, ugh, yeah. I gotta look at these people's butts, get, get my head, you know, like, get up hey, close and personal. Matt, actually, that brought me around because I was thinking, well, I've never seen past the ankle. Who knows what the anus does? <laughs> yeah, they don't know. Maybe it's that, a reset that, button. Maybe that's where you breathe. <laughs> I hold it for 30 seconds, and then I have internet again. Who knows? <laughs> Ankle is where we stop, Matt. <laughs> so when my coworker says they need to reset their router, what they're really doing... Okay, they're they're coming on to you, Grant. Hmm, that's interesting. They're coming on to you. That's uh, uh, Emma got a pack uh, of Marlboros. I need to reset my router. <laughs> so you mentioned... You know, it's like you guys had, you kind of had the right idea of putting your mouth on a hole and blowing, but you just had the wrong hole. It, the book says that um, mouth to mouth resuscitation was considered vulgar. So the, apparently this was a. It was considered vulgar and effective. <laughs> Get your lips off that man's face and put him on his bottom like a decent human being. What are you, gay? Why are you kissing him? Okay, okay, okay. It's considered... Use the bellows on the mouth. My God, I mean, the, the whole point is the That's lungs. Vulgar. Vulgar. God. That bellows has a family, Ben. You need to think of the scandal. Yeah, Ben, that, Ben, you would not be able to give that bellows a Christian burial. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's take a... Let's just take a very quick trip through... Cocaine, and then we'll we'll wrap this one up. But uh, you know, medicinal cocaine, of course. There's all sorts of really, really the as we know, you know, the mid to late 1800s was just like peak time for for patent medicines and tonics and quackery of all sorts. And everybody knows the story of you know Coca-Cola famously had cocaine in it. There were products like. Rogers Cocaine Pile Remedy, which was a suppository, a cocaine suppository intended to shrink hemorrhoids, and of course, I think it was just a pile of cocaine. Hey, if you're <laughs> putting if you're putting cocaine up your butt, put a pile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do yourself a favor. Yeah, that's the correct dosage. 
Uh, of course, you have Lloyd's cocaine toothache drops marketed to children. But really, the last thing I just want to like, we we talked in the last episode about the guy who was kind of like first synthesizing morphine and then testing it on himself. Mm-hmm. And I, I th- these are the times in history I just love this first like, wow, how much is too much? What is this? Like, I test it myself and. Um, so there were a lot of doctors experimenting with cocaine. And in 1859, an Italian doctor named Paolo Montegazza, Paolo Montegazza, mm-hmm. uh, he got really into studying the cocoa plant, um, enthusiastically volunteering himself as a lab rat, a lab rat for testing various doses. Um, so I... <laughs> I'm I'm going to read you a quote here, which to me, sound this is like, oh, this is what people on cocaine, this is like the, the power trip that it gives them. But um, I am not all that familiar with the drug. But when I was in uh, New York in December, um, Aaron and I went to this restaurant. This is like a really all tiny place. It was cocaine. raining. We were trying. <laughs> well, maybe. The um, cocaine factory? <laughs> So we just, we ducked into this restaurant. We all, we literally were just like trying to get out of the rain, trying to do something quick. And immediately we sat down and realized like, oh shit, this is like way more formal or fancy because we're sitting at this, like, it was just like, um, you know, eight seats around a small bar. And this guy is like, right. Who's on, you know, the server slash bartender cook head guy, whatever he is. He's like right up in our face and just like, Hey guys, I'm so excited. I really want to, I want to really want to help you guys on a journey today. You just, I, I really encourage you to put the menus away because I'm, I just, I'm here to help you. And I, and I was just like, okay, but he gave us a minute and Aaron's like, this is what cocaine is like. And I was like, Oh, okay. And he, <laughs> he came back after he's like, you guys, I am really good at what I do. I hope you don't go with the menu because I, I, I really, and he was just like going on and on with this energy and I Very was like, full of himself. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Excitable. just said he's really good at what he does. That's yeah, that's cocaine. Yeah, I'm so good at it. <laughs> I had that in the back of my mind when I when I go, let's go back to Paolo Mantegazza experimenting with uh, large doses of the coca plant. His he is like he's absolutely like sold. This is the miracle cure, <laughs> and um, he's writing about it in uh, some medical journal or whatever. He writes quote. I sneered at the poor mortals condemned to live in this valley of tears while I, (laughs) carried on the wings of two leaves of cocoa, went flying through the spaces of 77,438 words, each more splendid than the one before. God is unjust because he made man incapable of sustaining the effects of coca all life long. I would rather live a life of 10 years... Uh, with coca than one of 100,000 without it. He died yeah. six years later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, had, he literally lived 10 more years. How many more paragraphs before he talks about cryptocurrency? <laughs> <laughs> I believe he, uh, he said something about his upcoming match with John Cena and like he's going to take him down at WrestleMania. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you yeah. mortals, I am flying with God. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, we know what it is. We know what it is. And he's just like, oh, so these native, let me study it. Let me get a whole bunch of it. And he just starts trying it. And he's just like, holy fucking shit, this stuff rules. Uh, yeah. And then he writes <laughs> stuff like that. I mean, we know like, yeah, that's, that's some addictive stuff, buddy. You shouldn't fuck around with it. But yeah. I mean, also from his point of view, he's like, I'm the first 
um, I'm the first civilized human to eat this. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Let alone the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm the first civilized human doing it for science. I'm the only modern human who knows about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> While he watches people harvest the it. Tens of thousands of people. Yeah. You know, little Captain Travis, we have, we have more content. We've got more remedies and cures that we got a lot of butt stuff uh, that we could talk about. But you know what? Maybe we save that for, for the next episode. Go home, take some cocaine, mm-hmm. uh, let us know how it, uh, let us know what God says to you. Email us at freelegaladvicepodcast at gmail.com. Ask me if you're going to return my stereo. <laughs> and uh, we'll, maybe we'll check in in a month's time on that scrofula. Who knows? Well, if you want Grant to take you on a journey, leave the, put the menu down at Wendy's, mm-hmm. and he's going to take you on a journey. Let him order for you. Uh, you can see all of his <laughs> recommendations and reviews on Instagram. Follow us there. We're at Free Legal Advice Podcast. Junior bacon cheeseburger. Start off with maybe a frosty on the. Let side. me tell you, they're not gonna let. They're not gonna tell you this, but order the junior bacon with cheese, without bacon. It's still gonna. It's just got a hint of bacon on it because they're gonna pull that off last minute, and you just get this. You'll ghost, see the impression this bacon in the ghost. I call it a bacon ghost and cheese. <laughs> My granoy says, "Come on over to Threads, with the most popular threader on the site." And that's not just blowing smoke up your ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I hope not. Oh, uh, we're, at, we're at or to or on top of Freely Good Advice <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> yeah, and if you like the show, uh, that's not normal. Um, I would recommend 28 grains of laudanum. Uh, <laughs> Administered directly into the anus. <laughs> directly into the anus. I don't want to be. This isn't vulgar. And Come on, sir. Followed, followed by a pile of cocaine. Classic. 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 A classic bit. Episode 215. Unable to defend themselves from the Gamibian warlord Guerrera and his thugs... The Republic of Sardoon sends Major Zara and General Burnwhite to ask the help of Megaforce, a secret army composed of international soldiers throughout the Western world, equipped with advanced weapons and vehicles. Dropped off in the desert and confused, General and the General and Major wonder if there's been a mistake when a cowboy from Megaforce named Dallas shows up and establishes himself as a fountain of poorly written one-liners. <laughs> <laughs> Members of Megaforce arrive, and we learn their identities through stereotypes and flags. (laughs) The guy with a mustache has a Mexican flag on his arm. An Asian guy has a Japanese flag on his sleeve. And Dallas, from the United States of America, has the Confederate flag (laughs) on his I actually paused. I, I paused the movie. I was like, whoa, whoa, yes. wait, wait, what? You should have heard me exclaim. Re- it's like every nation, <laughs> even those who had been defeated in civil war, had sent their best soldiers. <laughs> wow. All right. I'll sneak a quick award yeah. in here. Best use of badges to clarify stereotypes goes to the flags on the uniforms. It's, yes, you didn't thank see, you. It was only in a glimpse in some of the fights, but the guys with the Nazi flags on their shoulders, uh, <laughs> that, you know. 
Turn internet over.